you this morning then. It's coming home! <laughs> it absolutely is. I, I can't. We can't not do that. Um, you might not be English. If you're not English, celebrate with the English tonight. Um, hey. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm far too excitable. I, I will tell you a story quickly of uh, the last time uh, England had a run like this in a Euros. It was Euro 96. I was, how old was I? I was 14. And I had a German exchange student staying with me. Um, and, uh, and, and being a, a immature little boy, I cried my eyes out. My parents had gone to work. I refused to go to school. And I sent my German exchange student walking around the streets of London to go and find a friend of mine who could take him to school. Uh, what a horrible person I was. <laughs> I get way too into this. Anyway, we're talking about prayer today. <laughs> we're talking about prayer. We are in Acts 2 and basically just verse 42, uh, and we are looking at the early church devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And these four things feel to me like two halves of two coins, and I think I'm bringing you the second half of the coin that Jim brought last week. We pray because God has revealed himself to us in his word. We enjoy fellowship because we uh, celebrate that we are one in Christ, which we celebrate through communion. And so I'm going to talk about prayer today, and prayer is a massive subject. This is the second time I've spoken on prayer in my two years uh, preaching here, Uh, and even I could realized as I was preparing this, I could go anywhere with this. We could talk about prayer in our lives. We could talk about prayer in spiritual warfare. There is so much that we could talk about. Um, And yet I'm going to try and be disciplined and only talk for 25 minutes. Although I hadn't planned to tell you any of that about uh, England. Um, So anyway, um, can I start by asking you a couple of quick questions? I would like you to put your hand up if you have ever felt a sense that you ought to pray more than you do. Hands up if you have ever felt that sense. Okay. Hands up if you think it's possible that between now and Jesus' second coming that you may feel like that again. Good. I'm so relieved because my entire message has been based on the premise of you all putting your hands up for those two questions. So I can now carry on. We know prayer is vital, don't we? We want to pray more. We love what God has done in saving us. We love, you know, John's just said it, you know, we just sang it, you know, we're free. We love to celebrate that we're forgiven, we're free, you know, we want to live for God, we want to glorify him in our lives, and so we want to pray. And, uh, and today, what I really want to do, quite simply, is, expl- is, is call us to devote ourselves to prayer personally and to devote ourselves to prayer corporately. And I'm just going to try and offer a partial answer to two questions. Why don't we pray as much as we ought to? And why should we pray more than we do? And I'm going to answer those questions, as I say, partially for us personally and for us corporately. Right. So, why don't we pray as much as we ought to personally? And I think the two main reasons are that we don't feel the need to and that we're too busy. 
We don't feel the need to pray that much. Actually, we're okay. You know, we, 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 theoretically, we understand that we're all, uh, you know, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Theoretically, we understand that we need Jesus, but we don't always feel it as much as we should. If we felt our need for prayer, we would pray more. But we don't feel the need for prayer as much as we ought to, and so we don't. I'm going to try and be really, really quick here, otherwise I'll take too long. You know, because we don't feel the need for prayer, we don't pray much. Because we don't pray much, we don't feel the need for prayer. We don't spend as much time in God's presence where we are able to see him and where we are able to uh, delight in him and where we are able to hear him speak of his great love to us. And so because of that, we live, I believe and I might be wrong, this is one of those weeks where having had Jim last week tell you to only listen to us as much as we are preaching the word of God faithfully, where really I'm, I'm giving you a lot of my thoughts and I'm hoping and trusting that they are shaped uh, by the word of God and by uh, what the Holy Spirit has spoken to me. I think we live with a superficial confidence in ourselves And I think a deep-rooted and and often unacknowledged doubt that God really does love us as much as the Word of God says he does. So I think we we live with this thing, we're okay, I've got this. You know, we live with this superficial confidence in ourselves and we don't really, or often, don't truly believe that God really does love us as much as he has said that he does. I think that if we spend more time in prayer, we would be able to pray like David did. We'd be able to pray like David did in the Psalms where he said, you know, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, God. You know, we we would have the, the courage to pray like David prayed and say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in your paths everlasting. You know, how, how amazing is it that David could pray like that? And the Apostle Paul did it as well, didn't he? Paul said he prayed in tongues more than anyone else. He told us to pray without ceasing, to pray at all times, and, and Paul was able to write in a letter that will be remembered for all eternity that he is the worst of all sinners. That's crazy, isn't it? Paul, that Paul could say, I'm the worst of all sinners. You know, I think Paul could say that because he'd spent so much time with God that he wasn't, when he said, I'm the worst of all sinners, he wasn't looking around and going, Yeah, out of everyone here, I'm the worst of all sinners. I think he was saying that because compared to you, God, I must be the worst of all sinners. You know, seeing you, I'm, I'm awful. But seeing you, I know how much you love me. I know that your love really doesn't change, really will never fail, that you are always for me, that I am so secure in you that I can say I really am the worst of all sinners. That's, that's the kind of place that I think we can enjoy in prayer where if we would let go of our superficial confidence in ourselves and know that God really is for us, that we could be so totally honest with God in prayer. If that's Paul, what Paul writes 
in a letter that is going to a church that's going to be read forever, how much more honest do you think he was with God in prayer when it was just him and God? And I think our confidence is a barrier to our growth. Our confidence in ourselves is a barrier to our growth. It's a barrier to our usefulness. I think God wants us to just go, let's, let's lay down all pretense. <laughs> I'm not as great as I think I am. I do need you, God. And then busyness. Sorry, let me get on. I'm, I'm gone on too long. Busyness. There, there is a, a, you know, we are busy people. That's okay, we should be. We should, we, should, uh, we should enjoy work. We should work hard. But our lives should be characterized by rhythms of work and rest. We don't do that very well. We don't rest very well. We don't rest very often. And I think that is something that hinders our prayer life because we don't have those moments where we just let the busyness of life uh, subside and we just spend time with God, not necessarily even just saying words, but just being peaceful, having that time where we're just enjoying rest. And in that place, I think that God speaks to us. Right. And on that as well, you know, we, we know, don't we, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I'm speaking for myself here, but because you all put your hands up with me, I think this may well be true for you at times too. I don't live with that whisper as much as I want to, that whisper of, God, how can I do this for your glory? God, how would you do this? You know, and we, we, just, we just plow on, don't we? And we do, uh, we do things the way we, we know how and the way we think's best and the way that people around us do them. The thing I love, though, is that I'm, I'm not wanting to heap condemnation on you here as I say these things. We, we all put our hands up. You know, this is common to all of us. God knows that this is common to all of us and he sent his son to die for us and loves us. And so he looks at us now and he goes, he goes yeah, you're, you know, well, I don't know if he does this, but, but I go, yeah, I'm not praying much. Yeah, I'm not praying as much as I ought to. Yes, my priorities in life aren't always great. Yes, I don't rest very well all the time. But God, you still love me. God, you are so good to me. You are so faithful that actually even the little I give you, you, you don't waste any time making me feel bad about it. Like, oh, yeah, great, you're here, you're with me. Right, let's talk, let's enjoy one another. God is, is so good to us. Right. A simple litmus test of this busyness and its impact on our prayer lives is whether we take a Sabbath day's rest or not. Do you take a Sabbath day's rest? Are you working all the time? Are you always busy? Right, so they're the two reasons that we don't pray as much as we ought to. Why should we pray more personally? And uh, there are three reasons I'm going to touch on today, but I'm sure there are more. We should pray more because we get to know God more when we pray. We are changed when we pray. And the third one is that Jesus assumed that we would and he told us to. All right, so we should pray more because we get to know God. 
You know, as I said, this is like the other half of that coin that Jim brought to us last week. You know, we, we can hear the word, we can understand lots. I think that prayer, and as I say, not necessarily times of speaking to God, but prayer is where we take that head knowledge and, and it settles in our heart. Prayer is, I think, where God takes this stuff from here and settles it in here. That place where we can grow in learning to throw off our superficial self-confidence and we can learn to more deeply rest and trust in God and in his love for us. The second reason that we uh, ought to pray more is that it changes us. We are changed as we pray. As we pray, we can't hide from ourselves, we can't hide from uh, our poor motives, we can't hide from our bad actions, and, and, and we find a God who, who says, it's okay, I've got you, I'm changing you, I'm transforming you, I'm at work, it's okay. I, um, no, actually, I won't say, no, I, no, it's not relevant, sorry. Our, our friend Ken Smith shared a phrase with me that I've always loved and it's, it's stuck. And he said that uh, the spirit without the word blows up, the word without the spirit dries up, but the word and the spirit together grow up. We need both, don't we? As I say, this is like the two, I think this is like two halves of coins. You know, God's revealed himself to us and we kind of take all of that into our inner being through prayer. We pray because prayer changes us. Right. I think, I love as well that as we pray, you know, we pray all sorts of stuff, don't we? We, we were recently praying for new garden furniture. We wanted new garden furniture that we didn't have much and what we did have was knackered. And, uh, and, and Cheryl got some for free yesterday. And um, and I don't think God cares one bit about garden furniture, but I think he cares that we know that he cares for us and that he provides and that he loves us. And so we've spent time praying for garden furniture. Honestly, I don't think he cares about garden furniture. I'm, I'm sure there are more important things for him to focus on, but he cares about me and Cheryl. He cares about what we care about. And so as we pray... And as we spend time, you know, all the things we could be praying about in the world, you know, there's so much, there are many more important things going on in the world today than England playing Italy tonight. Even I know that. The things that we could be praying about, we're praying about garden furniture and God cares. God knows. God changes us through it. Lastly, we pray because he told us to. One, one definition of prayer that I came across as I prepared is, is prayer is asking God to do what he has already promised to do. And I, I loved, uh, I don't know if many of you have read much Tim Keller, I love him, but he's, he's a guy who whenever you read him, he, he, I think he's genuinely humble, but he always is like, you know, oh, I've read this book and this book, but they didn't quite do it, so I think we needed a book like this. And, and there's no, no bragging in him, but um, anyway... But even Tim Keller, who normally comes to points of clarity on things, said, actually, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to give a definition for prayer. Prayer is so much bigger than 
what we can define it. And so instead of giving a definition for prayer, he shared a poem that kind of, you know, tried to allude to some of the things that prayer is without actually coming to anything. But one definition of prayer is that it's asking God to do what he's already promised to do. And so we pray because Jesus told us to. We pray because he's assumed that we will. You know, he said, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Those are important prayers too. I've, there, there are two kinds of prayer. I, well, there's more. But we've got prayer that is asking God for stuff. And we've got prayer that is just spending time with God and getting to know him. And these kind of prayer of asking God for stuff, this is, this is so important. I think what I've been talking about up till now is kind of an experience of God in prayer, getting to know him better, being changed through prayer. But there's also actually just coming to him with things that we need, things that he's told us to ask for, and just telling him. And he knows and he cares and he's told us to pray those prayers too. So it needn't always be an emotional encounter with God. It can just be, God, you told me to pray for the sick, for the lost, for the nations, for those in authority. You know, you've told me to pray for this stuff and I'm praying for this stuff. And we can do it sometimes. I don't think we can do it badly. Um, You know, I don't think whatever heart you're coming with to pray that the lost would be saved, I'm not sure you can do it badly but you can do it really well when it flows out of a heart that really wants to see this stuff. Right, I'm going to move on quite... Am I going to move on? Yes. I'm going to move on to why we don't pray much as a body. I want to start um, with... Uh, a, 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 what I, Well, no. I'm going to tell you a fact about us, Jubilee. We are not committed to praying together as a body. We're not. We need to be. Um, We are great at coming together for prayer at certain times, and I'm very thankful for that. We're all very thankful for that. It's so important. But we're not committed to prayer as a body. Um, We need to grow in it. We really need to grow in it. I, um, I'm not always very, I haven't been very good, I don't think, at, at communicating to you all the, the dream of the body that I think God has laid on my heart, that I see in Scripture, that I'm wanting to lead us towards. But one thing it does include is that we will be a prayerful people, that, will be, that we will be a people who are committed to prayer together. One of the reasons we might not be committed to prayer together, though, is just because our prayer meetings are boring. It could just be that our prayer meetings are rubbish and that I, as a leader among us, need to think again about how we're doing prayer together as a body so that you are more engaged in coming and more willing to give time to prayer. Now, that may be true, but I'm afraid it's not a good enough excuse. And even if you find the prayer meetings boring, you should still come and you should pray. Right. Now, some of you uh, might say that we needn't pray together. You might say, but Jesus said, when you pray, go into your room and close the door and your father who sees in secret will see you and he will reward you. Um, And I think that, although that's true, we should pray together. The Bible is full of God's people praying together. Even the Lord's Prayer 
that Jesus taught us to pray has a corporate flavor to it, doesn't it? You know, our Father, you know, our Father, he's our Father, you know, and you can pray that alone, you know, I'm a co-heir with Christ, Jesus, he's, he's our Father, but actually we can pray it together, can't we? Our Father, you know, we, you know, we can't pray, I don't think, I might be wrong, I don't think we can pray, give us today our daily bread with Jesus. That's a line that we pray together, I think. I'm not sure that Jesus has any need sat at the right hand of the Father right now. I don't think he, I'm not sure if his body is subject to the same needs that ours are. You know, so I don't think that Jesus prays, you know, give me my daily bread. You know, we pray, our Father, give us today our daily bread. And then I just want to give you some other examples of prayer together in the New Testament. So in Acts 2, where we are now, um, the believers were praying together when the Holy Spirit fell on them. In Acts 12, the believers were together and praying in Mary's house when God miraculously released Peter from prison and he sent him to them as an encouragement. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul gives instructions to men and women for corporate prayer meetings. In 1 Corinthians 2, Paul challenges Timothy to lead the church in Ephesus in praying for all people, including those in authority. I think the main reason we don't devote ourselves to prayer corporately is because we are predisposed towards action and not towards prayer. We are, we are much better as a people if we've got something to do and some way to serve and some tangible thing that we're doing. We're not as, we're not as quick to go, we're just going to pray. But what's going to come of that? Well, we might never know, <laughs> but we're going to do it. Or, or we, you have to wait for the results. You know, we pray and we see an answer to prayer some way down the line and I think we're predisposed to wanting to do something. Let's, let's, have, a, let's have a, you know, a Christmas fair and we organise it and we do it and it's done and we go, yeah. But we pray and we trust that God heard and we trust that he's going he's gonna to answer and we don't always see it and so it's, it's harder to prompt yourself to do it. Right. I, w- I want to say as well, this is, this is um, I'm so thankful to uh, those people in our congregation who are especially gifted and uh, have an inclination towards prayer. Um, you know, we've had a prayer meeting, meeting, I think still, is it still meeting regularly? Still meeting regularly, almost daily, since March 2020, when the lockdown began, almost daily we have had a group of people praying on Zoom, and it's still happening now. Um, so, you know, Bernard and Natalie, Claire and Bola, Nick, Sarah, a bunch of others, they've been praying faithfully for Jubilee, for the church, for the nation, uh, every day at 5 p.m. I think in a strange way, more prayer has happened in the last year than, than I've seen in my history at Jubilee. And yet for a long time of lockdown, it has just been a few. And we can't ride on their coattails forever. We need to join them. We need to join you, Bola. Uh, we need to pray together. I need to pray with you all. I haven't been at, to the 5 p.m. very much for a long time. It, it became didn't really work for me once my kids went back to school but you know there are people like this you know I mean I want to I want to 
you know, I want to thank Bernard particularly. Bernard is a real provocation uh, to the eldership in prayer. You know, if Bernard is, is, is regularly talking to me about, you know, needing to pray more, we need to do this, and, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so thankful for him and for the provocation that he is. In fact, even just this morning, he uh, prompted me to call uh, us all to prayer um, today and possibly ongoingly for uh, a friend of ours in the congregation who is not well. And so Bernard has asked if, if we will make a point of joining at 5pm today to pray for this individual. Um, I'm going to do my absolute best to be there at 5pm today. Um, and I'll share the codes on our family Facebook group so that if you can be free and if you can join together to pray for our friend, uh, then you can. Another, another thing I want to uh, let you know about is, um, is that in August, uh, I'm going to be doing some prayer walks around Selsden and South Croydon. We, as elders, we, uh, we meet on Tuesday nights, but we usually don't meet throughout August. Um, but I'm, what I'm going to be doing is instead of having elders meetings, I'm going to be just prayer walking around Selsden and South Croydon. You know, we're entering into a new season as a church, as a nation, and I want to get out of these walls, get into the community and to pray. And so I'll probably walk for, I'll probably start here. One week I'll walk half hour, 45 minutes that way, praying, perhaps talking to members of the public, seeing if there's anything I can pray for them or we can pray for them. And then I'll turn around and I'll walk back. I'm going to do that every week in August that I'm in London, which I think is most of them, sadly. Um, So, uh, yeah. Right. Very quickly, I want to end then by saying, and I'm not going to uh, elaborate on these too much, we need to pray together for these three reasons. Praying together unites us. When we actually come together and pray together, it unites us. You know, we've just done a series on 1 Corinthians 13, which I thought was brilliant. I loved it. Praying will take everything that we've learned about 1 Corinthians 13 that is here and lead it to settle here so that when difficult situations come in the future, which they will, our heart's desire will not just be that we understand that God's love is this way and not the way of the world, but that actually our heart's desire will be, I want to live that out now. As painful as this is, as much as it costs me, I want to love like that now. And so we need to pray together. It unites us. Secondly, praying together shapes us. You know, if, if your hope for Croydon Jubilee Church is my ideas, you are going to be very much disappointed. If your hope is that God will lead us, if your hope is that as we pray together, he will speak to us, he will shape us, that as I pray, he will speak to me, he will shape us, but that as we come together and pray that he will shape us, that's, that's a good thing to hope in, and it's a good reason for us to pray. Lastly, praying together teaches us how to pray. People like Bernard and Bola and Natalie and Claire and Sarah and Mick, they know how to pray. They've been doing it almost daily for uh, 16 months. Yes, you do, Bola. Yes, you do. <laughs> Not all of us know how to pray. That's okay. That's okay. God knows. It's fine. But as we come together and we pray, we teach one another to pray. 
We, we hear someone praying and we go, I love the way they pray. I think that's really good. That's so helpful. I'm, I'm going I'm to model my future prayers on that. And, and we learn from one another and we grow in prayer together as we pray together. I'm sure there are loads of other reasons why we should pray together more. My, my hope today was that I would encourage you, hope, to desire to grow in prayer and to desire to devote yourself to prayer corporately. I hope that I've done that. Do you know, I'm, I'm so confident that if we can do this, if we can devote ourselves to prayer personally and corporately, that we will see, perhaps even before the year's up, and I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a stupid thing to say, if we would do this together, before the year's up, we could have vibrant prayer meetings and we could know that we are a praying church, a church that is actually looking to Jesus to lead us and not just asking him to bless our bad ideas. Let's pray. Can I pray? Can I pray? Good. Sorry. So I, I rehearsed this sermon. As I think I told you, I rehearsed sermons because I, I haven't been doing this for very long. And although I'm feel, feeling more confident, I'm getting better, my delivery feels today like it has lots to work on. I practiced it last night and it took 20 minutes. I practiced it this morning and it took 40 minutes. So I was like, don't look at your notes too much. Just talk and it'll be over. I don't know how long I've been, but let's pray. Father, as Jim said last week, when we come together and we devote ourselves to your word, we expect not only that we will be hearing people speak to us, but that we will be hearing you speak to us. And so I pray that you have been speaking to people today as I've shared on prayer. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would continue this conversation in people's hearts and lives. Father, I want to ask that you would, that you would work in us rhythms of work and rest so that we will enjoy time with you, whether we're speaking or whether we're just listening. Lord, we want to be a praying people. We want to pray because you told us to. We want to pray because we want to be changed. And we want to pray, most importantly, because we want to get to know you more. Because you are so good. And so, Father, I pray, would you teach us to pray. Lord, whatever our lives look like, whatever our routines are, Lord, would you... Would you find that nook where we can meet with you and would you just bless us in those times? Whether we can give you two minutes or 20 minutes or two hours, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us in those moments where we are devoting ourselves to you. And Lord, for that praying without ceasing, that praying at all times, Holy Spirit, would you whisper to us in every moment of our day, would you be with us? Amen.